Hello, welcome one and all to Bill Belichick's World, your home of the British perspective on all things NFL. And there is really only one thing to discuss this week, Perry's Boys and Super Bowl 53. We are recording at uh, Chateau Green this week as uh, the doghouse was unavailable because G-Lo had some important issues to do with his Antiquities Fair indictment. But by my side for the final time this season we have our very own uh, fourth and inches and opposite me the aforementioned uh, jimmy g and uh, a very jubilant griff uh, it may not have been a super bowl for the annals of time but it was another brick laid on the pathway to greatness for bill belichick and tom brady um let's dive right in and see what we made of the pinnacle of uh, of this year for at least one of the one of the guys uh, around us so, uh, Jim, want to start us off with the results roundup? <laughs> yeah, so a long roundup today. Super Bowl 53, the Rams 3, the New England Patriots 13. So, like you say, John, hardly won for the annals of time, um, but certainly one of the purists in terms of the defensive display. Um, Griff, as the, uh, the resident Patriots fanatic, what did you make of it? Uh, initially, like everybody else, I thought the game was quite dull, and had I been at home, I might have been tempted to just go off to bed. However, on reflection, what a masterclass in how to stop the second highest scoring team in the league from putting any points on the board. And basically, this was the perfect Bill Belichick game. Look back to the Giants teams that he used to stop the Bills back in the early 90s. This was just a rehashed plan of back in the day. It was... Uh, it was brilliant. We, we watched some more of the highlights again tonight as we walked into Chateau Green. And uh, I think I hadn't appreciated quite how good both defences were on the night as I was too busy pacing around and trying not to watch. Um, but really, this was this was two coaches facing off and experience coming through at the end of the day. Yeah, I think when you think about it, both Sean McVeigh and Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, are lauded as two offensive geniuses. McDaniels would probably go on to be the head coach of the Patriots once Belichick buggers off. But it really is a real kind of strong indictment for Belichick, Flores um, and uh, and Wade Phillips in terms of that defensive scheme. If you would have said to any Rams supporter or any Rams player, coach, in the Super Bowl, you're only going to let the Patriots score 13 points, I'm sure the whole Rams organisation would have been off to measure their Super Bowl rings because that would have been a dream come true with how many points they've been scoring all season and to come away from that game with only three points was I think that was a disaster it, it, it feels to me like Mavey almost got a little bit caught in the headlights I, yeah the whole Rams offence do you do wonder if it was all just a bit too much for them because uh, I mean that you know we were saying before they, they, they've come a long way in the last two years uh, but were you about to mention Jeff Fisher? Because you know I'm going to kick you if you do. The, uh, your legs. Sean McVeigh's predecessor, who, uh, who, who shall remain nameless. Uh, the moustached one. But, 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 but shall remain moustachioed. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he, they, McVeigh took over uh, just a, sh- a shit show. And, uh, you know, t- to say the, you know where they are now, it's great. But, yeah, I think they've just come up against the wrong guy at the wrong time and... Uh, do you not think they failed to do the one thing that Patrick Mahomes called the Rams out and said, if you want to beat the, the Patriots, <coughs> excuse me, then you, you must adjust your game plan really quickly. He, he yeah. said the Chiefs 
twice this season lost to the Patriots because they could not adjust quick enough. I also think, like, all through, and we, we said this a little bit last week on the, on the podcast, I expected to see plays that the Rams had, hadn't had in their book. You know, I expect to see at least 10 to 20 different plays in the playbook. It looked like there were, there were no kind of special little gimmick plays, which you saw from the Eagles last year, that gained them yards. There was nothing special or you know tricky about any of the plays they ran. I can't remember them running something which looked out of the box, completely new. It was all you know, pretty standard run plays, which didn't go very far, uh, and pass plays, which you know, it's well documented. Goff didn't have the best of nights. I think he he massively kind of bottled it really shut the bed yeah well they said there's a report before the, before the game kicked off it came in very very late saying the Patriots think that when Goff starts seeing the seeing the defences they're putting up against he will shit his pants and that's basically what it looked like as well I think the I'm thing glad you spoke next because it's the voice of experience <laughs> <laughs> it just the, the, for me it felt like the Rams felt like they'd already won you reckon? I'm not sure it was that. I just think they've been they so... On, they were on too much of a high after you know, the championship game. I think they've been game. so good at doing what they do all season that they just thought, oh, we'll just keep doing this. I kind of saw it as that, that Saints team was fantastic. And I almost saw it as like, oh, well, we beat the Saints, oh, we can beat the Patriots, don't worry about that. It, it, for me, it almost felt like they were expecting the win. And it didn't feel like, you know... Last season with the Eagles, they got to the, for me, they got to the Super Bowl and it felt like we are ready for this test. I, I just didn't get that feeling from the Rams. It almost felt like a bit... Blase. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect word. If you think Goff bottled it, do you not think McVeigh bottled it just as hard? Yeah. Because I, I was, every punt, I was expecting Hecker to line up a pass, a five-yard completion for the first down or whatever. Nothing. They tried nothing like Jim said, and I just think McVeigh, on a good day, doesn't think twice. He, he makes the plays and or he calls them, at least, and yeah. tries to ju- jumpstart an offense that never... What did they string together? Four passes was their most they strung together, something like that? Well, it was like... It was so on the, on the screen earlier on. It was at the first eight plays, eight eight drives, eight all drives ended in the punts. punts. Super Bowl record, eight consecutive punting drives. Yeah, well done. I mean, okay, they didn't have the field position to kind of be really aggressive. I think maybe if the Patriots had been ten nil up early in the earlier in the game, I think you probably would have seen McVeigh being a little bit more aggressive. But because it was, it was only three nil at half time, and because of that, I think he he kind of put away that aggressive side side to him and kind of just play the link he'd just go out and be all out aggressive oh yeah but hindsight's oh of course of course but yeah I, I do I think he'd be more aggressive I think he'd I mean he said afterwards he said he, the loss was on him he he got out coached and there's absolutely no way no no um, argument against that he got schooled by Belichick the uh, the occasional just glimpses of him on the sideline with this sort of ashen face yeah, just like you could just see the, the cogs were working but He's just like I've got no idea what. It's I've almost got to like do. he couldn't make sense of what yeah. was going on in the field. I mean, yeah. half the time we couldn't because, and and that's not just on on the Rams side. That's on the Patriots side as well. Like that first half was dire. The second half wasn't much better. Yeah, it, from a a purist point of view, it was a you know defense a defensive masterpiece. It was it was great from that side of thing. But from a pure entertainment value, it was. Only Shocking. one play in the whole game was run in the red zone, and that was the Patriots' touchdown. There wasn't another single play, offensive play, in the red zone. 
How many times in the last few years have we seen a Super Bowl where offense has beaten defense? So many times. Well, at least the last two. If you think about Philadelphia winning it, how many, how many, how much offensive yardage was in that game? Yeah, the Broncos Atlanta. win was a defensive. The Broncos was probably the last performance, one, yeah. wasn't it? But yeah, there's not been. I would say Seahawks when they beat the Broncos. Well, to be fair, they, 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 they smashed the Broncos. They smashed the shit out. Yeah, of them, yeah. That, that was just an offense. It as was well. based on a, on a strong <laughs> defense that. You know, the and then the, then the Broncos shat the bed. You know, yeah. You know, they were probably, two 0 down after all. Probably six eight seconds. out of the last ten Super Bowls have been offensive Super Bowls. Hmm. I think it's. Uh, I I feel I under I underestimated underestimated the Patriots. I think the league did. Doesn't everybody every year? Apart from John, who uh, this time last year didn't, didn't say at the beginning of the season. <laughs> no, but I've never counted them out. You know, whenever whenever one person in this room has been saying, "Oh, you know," we s- but well, we, s- we all we all s- well, I know I said this going into the playoffs. You can't you never go you can't the discount p- the Patriots. They, that ex- that whole experience thing as well really showed up. You know, yeah, you've got the age differential between Belichick and McVay. You know, he's sixty six, McVay's thirty three. That was well documented. But Belichick's been to what nine, ten, eleven, 11 Super Bowls. Bowls. You've included his stint as a defensive coordinator for the Giants. That's experience, and you know oh, yeah. he knew what to do. He he knows the Super Bowl inside out. He knows what the pressure is going to come. He knows how players are going to react to certain situations. Um, you only got to watch you know football life and, and see the level of detail he goes into to prepare his players for a regular season game. Give him two weeks in preparation for a Super Bowl, and he's going to have everything covered. He's been to a fifth of all Super Bowls. Yeah. It's crazy. Isn't <laughs> that's it? insanity. It's, it's nuts. absolutely bonkers. <laughs> the same with Brady. Like that's that's nine now, isn't it? Yeah, nine <laughs> Super Bowls. <laughs> Nearly twenty percent of all Super Bowls. <laughs> absolutely bonkers that they've managed to do that between them. It's uh, it's very impressive. You, but yeah, I mean, everyone hates hates them, but you have to give them a level of respect. That's inc- not, not everyone incredible. hates them. Four out of uh, three out of four people in this room hate them. One of yeah. us doesn't hate them. We just don't, what, don't trust them. The cat doesn't like them. I know, I know that for a fact. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, we ought to address the biggest problem for the Rams was Todd Gurley, wasn't it? Todd Gurley not doing oh. anything. Well, I think it was the whole oh, running game, yeah. really. Um, yeah, Gurley didn't wasn't at his best. But uh, How many carries did he have in the end? Not many. Ten. Four. 35 yards. Wow. It's, but it's not just the carries. Like, you have a dynamic He hasn't been a back. feature in the passing and, game. And I know he dropped two. Against, against the Saints. Saints, but you've got a, you've got the probably the best catching back in the league, apart from maybe David Johnson when he's fit. Yeah, and you don't use that at all. Seemed crazy to me. They threw the ball to C.J. Anderson, which might as well have just thrown it to you, because he yeah. just stood there looking stunned, oh, just man. impressed that he caught it. <laughs> he had two catches, four, twelve yards. Wow. Todd Gurley had one catch for minus one yards. Exactly, yeah. and that's that's the problem. That. I think the Rams thought, well, all right, Gurley didn't do it in the in the NFC Championship game, but if we get just enough out of him in the Super Bowl, he'll be the difference maker. And they got nothing out of him. No. And they, they look lost without being able to lean on that. That is Goff's outlet. And, and that's no... We mustn't take anything away from Jared Goff. He just dragged this team, if you like, to the Super Bowl. He's played bar maybe three or four games. He's been brilliant this season. He had a rough patch towards the end of the season. But... It's exactly what you'd expect the first overall pick to do. You'd want him to increase the level of your team, and he's done that. Yeah, and this will just be experience for him. 
if they get back to the Super Bowl, you think he'd definitely play better. I should hope so. He can't play much worse. He had a rating of 57.9. But what was Brady's? In the 60s, it wasn't high. 71.4. Right. So neither, or, neither, neither of, of the quarterbacks well. really yeah. got to do anything. Um, was this Brady's fewest passing yards in a Super Bowl appearance? I think. Like, I don't know. They haven't, they haven't... Neither of them had the chance to excel. Goff just shat the bed more, basically, because he's younger. There were a lot of... You know, Brady was only sacked once and Goff was sacked four times, but a lot of those sacks... He shouldn't have given up. He should have yeah. thrown the ball away. Do you know the Patriots were averaging less than two sacks a game in the regular season, and they got four on Goff in the Super yeah. Bowl. That is crazy. That it wasn't just a sack. It was well, it's a, I think it was twelve hits. On yeah, well. they pressured him yeah. all the time. If you're going to hold on to the ball for like six, seven seconds, yeah. so you're going to get hit and you're going to get sacked. I said to uh, to Jim as we were driving home after the Super Bowl, the difference between Brady and Goff was Brady threw an interception on his first pass of the game and then carried on like nothing had happened. And as soon as Goff threw the interception, you kind of knew it's over. He's not going to come back. Because he already looked fragile. And then he threw that off the back foot and it floated up in the air and dropped right into Gilmore's pass. It's a Winst- Winston-esque pass. It was <laughs> a little bit, wasn't it? But I, there was no confidence at that point as soon as that happened, that you felt Goff could drag them back. Whereas with Brady, you yeah. always think, well, well. Yeah, I think with Brady, you'd always think Brady, would, like you say, would, you know, two minute, uh, a two-minute drive, the first couple of drives, it just felt like it, it wasn't going to happen. I had a little bit of hope because they sucked a dick in the first part of the NFC Championship game. Yeah, yeah that's true. Right, so I had a little bit of hope, but I just, I mean, it got to a point, I was what, sat next to you for, Large part of the game, wasn't I, Griff? You being Griff. <laughs> yeah. On a podcast, everyone can see you nodding. My nigger at things such as helmet-to-helmet contact. Double-teaming. <laughs> yeah, the usual. But pretty much, I I could tell you, you know, by their fifth or sixth drive, this is going to be free and out. It's true. You were you were pretty much spot on every time. Um, but the difference was, as well, it took Brady the entire first half to start being able to diagnose what the... Rams defense was going to do but for the what they've called the game clinching drive which was the last Goskowski field goal so it was 10-3 Patriots started on about their own five yard line and he, and he just directed them down but he didn't actually throw any passes it was all run plays where he was diagnosing in the huddle this is what they're going to do then changing at the line if he was wrong and setting the runoff and that is the thing Goff can't do well it's not the can't do it he didn't have a chance because the running game wasn't able to help him at all uh, it was extremely poor Sonny, like, Sonny Michel looks like such a good pick now doesn't he oh yeah he looks amazing there was also the the Patriots changed their game plan I think kind of with, about, with about 10 minutes to go they moved away from having kind of a lot of receivers in, on there to having kind of what they call the, the jumbo package where they had more tight ends <laughs> but <laughs> is that your new nickname for next season <laughs> yeah jumbo package jumbo cool. package um, but it meant that instead of only rushing a couple of pl- a couple of players, Rams had to have more defensive linemen in, which meant they had less cornerbacks. So suddenly, Gronkowski wasn't being marked by a cornerback; he was being marked by a linebacker. And you look at that that drive for the touchdown; the two key passes went to Gronkowski. That's, yeah. That's one that was you know a pretty routine pass, but then there was a second one which was his the diving, diving drop catch, catch right, right at the goal line, which set up the Sony Michelle touchdown. So that kind of changed by McDaniel's, who openly admitted like we hadn't practiced any of that stuff going into the into the game, completely changed the game plan. That's what McVeigh needed to do, and, couldn't and do he it. couldn't do it. Yeah, it, that was superb. But I mean, it it has looked throughout the playoffs. He has come up big 
every single time when we've needed him to. All right, the Chargers game wasn't particularly a test, but early on when it was one score each, he was good. And then against the Chiefs, brilliant. Like, what did he get? Three first down conversions in yeah. the in the yeah, third quarter. I mean, he's always been the go-to and, man. For and here Brady. he was again, and he's got no separation ability anymore. None. No, he's just, just can't outpace anyone. Robotic arm to but back yeah, yeah, He fends people off, and he's always just in the right place. I was really surprised by eighty-seven yards. I didn't think he got anywhere near that. But like they had, that connection was there for a few minutes in each game when it was required. Yeah, I mean, the man we haven't mentioned, the the MVP. Julian Edelman, he had a great game. He was the only one getting separation for, throughout the whole game. And, you know, he definitely deserved to be in the running for MVP, whether he should have won it or not. Yeah, I think that can be debated. Um, well, we can debate it. Okay, I think St- Stephen Gilmore should have got it. He had a number of tackles, a number of passes deflected. He got the interception at, at right at the end. He basically stopped the whole passing attack for, for, the, for the Rams, which has been one of the best passing attacks they kept trying to, they kept targeting him for some reason especially in that last drive they went to him twice and the play got broken up the first time and they pretty much run exactly the same play the second time and that's where he got the interception I think it should have been Edelman I've got like, no complaints the, 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 about that he was the best offensive player in terms of production the defence was great Gilmore was great you know McCourtney <coughs> made a great play that is where see if you were picking it purely on a defensive play you'd say the fact that Patrick Chung was injured and broke his arm I think his arm is broken he went yeah. off with a great big air cast on it and all of a sudden Brandon Cooks is free in the end zone for a 40 yard goff pass and Jason McCourtney looks up and thinks I better try <laughs> I better just run in that general direction and just gets there in time to punch the ball free and that was the play of the game from either team because that saved the Patriots yeah play of the game but I just felt I felt without Edelman it quite literally could have yeah. been free for the, the consistency of his production was phenomenal. He had ten and catches and eight of them were for first downs or something. It was just yeah. bonkers. Um, How so, yeah. we got free every time. He made Peters look ridiculous. He just got five yards on him every time. They tried putting uh, a keep to leave on him. That didn't work. Tried Nick Roby Coleman to beat him out of the game. That didn't work. No. It really select a different MVP. Gilmore, I think, if you're going to... If you, not picking Edelman, I think Gilmore would have been great. But who was the last wide receiver to get MVP? Dion Branch. No, no, we we discussed this. We did on Sunday night. Two thousand and was it Santonio eight? Holmes? Yes, Santonio Holmes for the Steelers. So it's been a long time. I think it, I think it was fair. Uh, I I honestly thought going into the game it would be one of the running backs, either Michelle or Todd Gurley. I thought one of those two would have a hundred yard, couple of touchdown game. But then everybody did. The over-under for the game was like 54 points. Yeah, it was crazy. So, I don't know. I don't think anybody predicted this outcome. I can't think, you know, this was the second lowest half-time score in a Super Bowl of all time. Just just for the record, I, I won a bet with, for Sony Michelle to score a touchdown, the Pats to win, and the score to be under 54 points. So I predicted it was going to be like this. <laughs> you did You did an extremely good job. <laughs> well, should we move on to the ratings? Because I mean, have you got a different opinion, Paul, other than Edelman? The Rams were shit. <laughs> okay, well, should we move on to... We, we have, we're going to have we, we do, our ratings. We do TV, ratings. Before, actually, we talk about entertainment and ratings, TV well, ratings. The... Uh, the the, the figures were announced uh, yesterday, and this is just for the, for the uh, for the US. Uh, there were 100.7 million people watched the, the Super Bowl, um, and the ratings percentage was 5.2 percent da- down 
uh, on last year and basically it's the lowest it's been in, in a decade so it's not helped by no one watched it in New, New Orleans yeah they said yeah, Louisiana, Louisiana didn't watch it basically. Louisiana uh, down by yeah. a half wasn't it New Orleans was down massively but also um, LA had one of the lowest percentage <laughs> watch, r- lowest TV ratings as well um, so whether football's really taking over in LA is another question but you know it wasn't in, it, yeah, it if wasn't the Chargers had got there it'd be a different story <laughs> it LA's own it wasn't an entertainment you know, what does that do for overseas viewers? Because, I mean, we had a guy watching it with us who's never really watched it. Whether he'll go and watch another NFL match based off that is a question. He's got to wonder why there were so many of us there built up for a great time, just slowly slouching into our chairs throughout yeah. the evening. I think our Madden match was probably was a lot better. a great time. Yeah. You see, I, you can have games based on great defence, it, it's fine, and it's, it is an enjoyable experience. But, but there, w- there wasn't any like big, many big no, defensive players. There's two no, interceptions. It was a game based on like inept hits. offense, yeah. and that's what I didn't enjoy. There has to be a, that you know you can have a great game based on great defense, but if it's because great defense based on some inept. If it, like, I when, could when, not when, disagree with you more strongly. When Goff was holding onto the ball for. Seven eight seconds. You're just like, well, but that's not enough. Chuck it. His players chuck were it. covered. Yeah. Well, chuck that's it. That's great defense. I don't think it. You just want to yeah. see impact plays. There weren't very many impact plays. Yeah, I'm saying that's it. it. I think it's agree because if you're gonna end up like there, you you're. It was like one point. I think third and third and mid, and suddenly he holds onto the ball. He gets to fourth and sixteen. Well, chuck it. Get rid of it. You've held on to it for six seconds, yeah. mate. Goff definitely it. shat the bed, like you said. But he had That's no one inept. to throw to. He had no one, to th- and the Patriots only had one player to throw to. What five times with zero catches? Like every time they threw it to Hogan, it looked like he was never going to get near it. So I don't know. I just thought the defensive, the actual base coverages were brilliant, and I think you would just have to be into the game to appreciate that. Whereas as a a casual fan, which none of us are, but the, the guy that was with us, you would definitely class as casual. He probably thought, "Why can't any of these yeah. people catch? What's all the fuss about?" Yeah, I can see that being a problem. But if anybody's watched, I don't know, half a dozen games this season, you've got the gist of where the league is going. It is more high-powered. It's just Belichick outthought the league again. Yeah, can't agree more. Yeah. Well, should we go for our ratings? Uh, If you want to rate the offence, so if you want to start with the Pats, how would you rate them, like their offence out of 10? Out of 10? Is that what we're rating out of? Yeah. Not like 11? No, no. You want to go out of 10? Out of 10. Traditional. Okay, that's fine. I, Not I, the spinal tap. I would get, considering the Rams' defense, I would give the Patriots seven out of ten on offense. I think that's very generous. Yeah, I do. But I think considering what they were playing against, and I'm not talking about the skill players. I'm talking about the offensive line. I thought the O line could not have been better. You would not have found a better offensive line performance out of any of the other 31 teams in the league. They didn't have to double Aaron Donald. Just whoever was was up against him had to deal with him and he got one pressure and no sacks Sue was pretty much the same thing he had a couple of pressures no sacks like they, Brady's only been sacked once in the playoffs yeah and that was in the Super Bowl we, said it. Crazy. we, we did say it last week that interior offensive line was going to be key and they absolutely turned up so I, I can't rate the offense too low because they did just enough to move the ball and they stopped the Rams pass rush which is the best in the league I think when you when you put that offensive display up against some of the other def- uh, offensive uh, 
offensive kind of play throughout the season. I'm not sure you can get, give it a seven. But I'm only talking about this game. I'm not comparing it to anybody, any other game. I'm not comparing it to the Chiefs. You, you've you've got know. To compare it against something. I mean, I would maybe go five and a half, six, because I do think that, you know there were a heck of a lot of punts still, uh, which is obviously than the Rams. But there was also kind of the Patriots would get so far and then just be stopped, and it it took them a long time to kind of readjust, and they got there just in time. Um, but yeah, six I think is fair. First half four, second half uh, six and a bit. Like you say, when Gilmore made the interception and they were on their five, and suddenly Michelle made fifteen yards. They ran it, they ran it, and it just it just looked started then to look easy against a tiring defense. Yeah, that attrition factor that they yeah. put on them was is a big. And big uh, so yeah, uh, overall five and a half. But only because the first half was pretty <laughs> anemic. It was bad. I'm going to agree with Griff. I'm amazed I said that out loud. I I'm going to agree with Griff because they did everything they needed to do. They weren't. They weren't fascinating. They weren't this amazing, like explosive, explosive thing. But they kept the defense on the field, tied them out, which is what they wanted to do. What we said they'd have to do. Mm-hmm. They did. They got. The thing that the Patriots do well, they get those short little plays and they just keep moving the chains. I I think a seven is more than generous. Fair. You think it's more than fair? Okay. That's what I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's a late night one again. <laughs> Who'd have guessed? Uh, which one to go for the Rams? I'm going to go three. Yeah, 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 I think I think three is as far <laughs> as you can go. Three, yeah. You give Brandon Cooks four for getting all the yards and everyone else gets a three. Yeah. <sighs> That, that was bad. Robert Woods was held. Anonymous. Yeah, Reynolds had how many catches? One, two, not many. Not many. They don't have a tight end. They do. They, they just didn't do. use them. No, but they <laughs> didn't use them, but they don't. They're not big names. It's Higby, and, and they did. They weren't involved. I don't know what their stats were, but they weren't involved. I don't think they had any catches whatsoever. No, I don't think so. Uh, that, like you say, inept is the right word no, for the Rams' didn't. offense. It, it, it was. It just didn't happen on the day, and it's a shame. But, uh, and like I say, it goes back to what you were saying in the previous point. There were no explosive plays on either side of the ball. There were no, there was nothing explosive on offense. There were no big impact plays on defense. So it becomes just an attritional slugfest in the middle of the field, which is what it was. And at the end of the day, the Patriots O-line won that slugfest. That's all, that is all there was. You know, if you could give an MVP to a group, it would be the Patriots O-line who stopped Brady getting crushed despite the fact he can't move. Mm-hmm. Who's the O-line coach? Is it Dante, Dante Scarnecchia? Yeah. He's the MVP, <laughs> and he's another old guy like yeah. Belichick. He's like seventy odd. Yeah, so he's been there, been at the Patriots for nearly fifteen years, and all he's done is coach the O-line. He was killed at the end of the the Last Jedi, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> what about defenses? Then we ought to uh, we ought to rank those. Uh, John, do you want to? What do you think, Patriots defense? What do you reckon? Eight. Yeah, they they made the plays when they needed to. They, you know, the they confused the hell out of Goff. They hit, you know, they got to him, but Goff made it easy for them. Uh, the Rams generally made it easy, but they still got to do it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, but they were, and yeah, they did what they did very well. An eight. I have to give it a ten. Like they they. They conceded three points against the, the team of the second highest 
scorers in the league. Against. I'm probably being a bit miserable because I just really hated the game. Yeah. The Rams were the first team not to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And the Patriots held them to 9% of their average score in regular season play this season. Like so I've got to give them you a can only, You can only play what's in front of you. And yeah, okay, what's in front of them didn't play very well. But even a bad team has more first downs in the first half than what the Rams got. I mean, it literally was, like Paul yeah. said, free and out, free and out. Four and out. Yeah, we knew it was coming out. every time. We knew right. it was coming. And the, it wasn't just the defensive line that was passing. It was another player who could be in that conversation for MVP. He was everywhere. He had, some, he had a sack. He had a number of tackles behind the line. Um, and he was good in coverage as well. So, yeah, i I got to give them a 10 out of 10. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. They just did everything right. Yeah, and who'd have thought that mastermind defensive coach becoming a head coach would make the defense play really well? <laughs> <laughs> well what do we come on then for balance? And what do we think of the Rams? Because let's not be too harsh on the Rams' defense. They did not raid e- enough. Yeah, but that was because of the O line. I still think the Rams' defense was eight out of ten. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I can, yeah, again, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, like I said, if you if you told them you're only going to give thirteen points away to the Patriots, they would have bitten your hand off of that before the match. Mm. Um, it's not. Wade Phillips or the defence that lost that match at all um, hopefully they can keep many, most of the players together and carry that on until next year is it year. only really Sue that might have to go Dante Fowler as well he's in his last year of yeah. contract whether they can afford to keep both of them I don't which know which one do you keep out of the two Fowler 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 because he's younger I yeah, guess he's not an arsehole yeah I suppose he could be also I mean you, you've got I mean this comes into team building which they've done very well but what do you do in the draft? Um, there's a lot of edge rushers coming out into the draft. There's a lot of interior defensive linemen coming into the draft. You could probably lose both of them and refill them with some pretty decent players. Fair enough. Well, should we uh, also mention uh, special teams, seeing as we saw quite a lot of them um, on Sunday? So uh, They were special. They were the air. I mean... They were there so many times that they'd not become special. Yeah, that's a fair point, actually. <laughs> they just became they regular They used up the special. The Rams' offense became special. <laughs> <laughs> but it was indicative of how exciting the first half was, was Romo's glare. Oh, my God! That's the longest ever punt in a Super Bowl! You're like, oh, yeah, this is this And is how many yards was it? 67 or 65. Oh, oh, so close. So there's no quiz this week. But that was it. But that's when that was the moment I knew the Rams had lost. <laughs> when they started celebrating that, you're like, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> Johnny Hecker, 417 yards of punting, it was amazing. Um, I, I'll make this very the, simple. The I thought, exact opposite of last year, though, wasn't it? Where they didn't punt until the fourth quarter. Yeah. I thought both special teams cancelled each other out. Uh, I gave them both an eight because I thought they both did very well. I mean, that's fair. And considering on, I think Matthew was it Matthew Slater, the Patriots. Yep. Um, Gunner, as they call him, the guy that runs down the pitch and stops the ball. He was brilliant. He got to the number much of times he punt. got there just to stop the ball with, yeah. on like the two yard line. And that, I mean, that's half the half the battle, isn't it? And that's why the defenses were so good. We were discussing yeah, this before the, offense, the game that I pointed out that he's had one catch in ten seasons yeah. as technically a wide receiver. He's literally just employed to run down the field and stop the other team coming back. He has forty six receiving yards career it, on one catch. Yes, I mean that's quite impressive in itself. It is quite impressive, but that's the difference with the Patriots, though, isn't it? Because that's part of their fifty-three man roster. Yeah, and that's what Belichick kind of yeah. You got the whole adage of do your job. That's his job, and he does it very, very well. 
Um, and yeah, Johnny Hecker. The Patriots probably didn't score as many points as we expected because a lot of the time their field position was terrible because Johnny yeah. Hecker just pinned them into you know, yeah, yeah. beyond the 20-yard line. So yeah, 8 out of 10 for both, I think it is perfectly both, fair. Both kickers missed a field goal. Yeah. From 46 and... Yeah, but it was about 46 they weren't both. gimmies, but you'd probably... You'd expect both of them to get that, actually. I think the Zerline one was 48. But yeah... You, was it the first misses in, they, was, in the... Yeah. In oh, so the, Zerl- the Zerline one was under pressure because they had about five, five seconds, seconds. To, to make that play. Yeah, Goskowski's miss was the... There was 31 field goals in the regular season out of 31 attempts and uh, that stat came up on the screen and then Goskowski missed proper scuffed it as well, well like, that was the curse of the commentator though it wasn't was it? actually yeah, Romo yeah, even exactly. said you haven't cursed him and he's yeah don't blame me and it wobbled wide it was oh god's sake but Goskowski I think now has the most points in Super Bowls or possibly and, he's, I, I, and yeah, I think he's I mean, got the second most points in postseason football behind Vinatieri uh, that's, that's two Patriots kickers I know Vinatieri wasn't always a Patriot, always isn't now, but it shows you because they've been so many times, their kickers have had chance to just keep piling up the stats. Yeah, you know, if, you, if you're going to appear in what nine Super Bowls, Goskowski's the first kicker to appear in six. Yeah, like the the consistency on that special teams is incredible. Allen's been there since 2010, I think. I think you look at Goskowski; he's nothing special. You know, we do our fantasy, and people are getting kickers. Yeah, Justin Tucker goes. Straight away, Goskowski's like the oh, part part of it is t- part of picking a fantasy kicker is down to the fact that you want to pick an offense which is good but not good enough to yeah. get into the end zone, so he's going to have a lot of field goals rather than extra points. You know, Goskowski was the fastest player to a thousand career points. Just like he's just consistent. I think he only scores at like eighty-seven percent of his field goals, but he gets a lot of point afters. He certainly did up until this year when we didn't score quite as many touchdowns. And they do kick a lot of field goals. Yeah. It might be a good pick for fantasy next year, especially as Brady's getting older. And, you That's know, it. They, they, they I, I think so. And if you stop the running game, you might be able to stop yeah. them a bit more. Yeah. yeah. That's a, about nine months off, though. <laughs> so yeah, A little way. We ought, to, uh, Seven. we ought to talk about the most important thing on the day, which was the coaches. I thought we meant the food. Well, uh, we did have a proper spread. We had a lot of food. We had an untouched peach cobbler, which sounds <laughs> <laughs> incredible when you say it out loud. Uh, yeah, some incredibly spicy hot wings. Enough cobbler to feed well, one and a half people. Yeah, <laughs> it was wing roulette. Some of them were spicy, some of them weren't spicy. That wasn't the plan, but that ended up how it was. I lost. <laughs> I lost three times at that. Yeah, that. I also lost at wing roulette. <laughs> I lost twice because, well, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I had a twenty-five percent win ratio <laughs> on the on the roulette, but it was good. But yeah, should we talk about the coaches? Yeah, so I'm going to give Belichick ten. Because I just I, you can't, and I will I will say this now. I think McVeigh is only worth a three because Wade Phillips did most of the uh, defensive planning, and McVeigh's side of the ball is is offense, and they they didn't do anything. As, as a I don't know if you want to rate them as a unit, I'd, I'll give the Rams five because I thought McVeigh takes away from what Wade Phillips was was achieving. But I, I think all right, the Pats offense probably was only an eight, like I said earlier. Belichick, you want to give him as, as much as you can. It was just incredible. Well, like I said earlier, the difference is that the Pats offense, offense readjusted and they changed the game plan and they ended up being able to score a touchdown, which you know, effectively won them the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't... Like I said, McVeigh caught in the headlights. And I said this last week, when he went, when he played um, when he played New England when he was a coordinator uh, for, for Washington, he admitted to kind of being a little bit overawed by playing New England and playing yeah. Bill Belichick. 
it looked exactly the same on Sunday night, unfortunately. And um, yeah, Belichick, you can't fault him, can you? I mean, I'd love to, but you can't. You can't. <laughs> you can't. Well, I hate him, but God damn it, I respect him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you've got no choice now. It's, uh, it's it's just incredible what he's managed. I think maybe bar 17 years ago when we beat the greatest show on turf, I think this might be the best coaching job he's done. The least talented group of players through the whole season. Like They had to bring Josh Gordon in as a sticking plaster, and he only lasted eight games. And... You know, I mean, started the season without Edelman on the yeah, field. I wonder if it would have been different if Sunday night game, Sunday night's game would have been different with Josh Gordon. I, mm. I, I don't know, but he would at least would have given you a bit of difference yeah. in, in terms threat, of deep threat. Well, throughout yeah. the season, when he's not there, is Philip Dorsett, and I yeah. don't think he had a catch. No, he didn't. So I, I'd say Edelman's performance looked enhanced compared to other people. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly benefited from the rest, didn't he? <laughs> You'd definitely say that. But you know, I, I, Belichick just doesn't think like everybody else. Yeah, they, like I said, they played a fullback on thirty snaps. Nobody has done that all season, and yet Devlin was just there basically to punch holes against the linebackers to allow Sonny Michel to get that extra two yards every time, and, well, and it worked really well. He made he made the play on the on the yeah on the touchdown. On the touchdown. Yeah, Michel came in for the rolled everybody in knew what was coming. Everybody oh, yeah. knew Devlin was going to go, and wherever he went, Sonny Michel was going to follow him. But you can't stop James Devlin. One thing I've been thinking about, and it's. There was a lot of commentary on it leading up uh, up to the game. Was kind of will uh, Tom Brady retire? When will Bill Belichick retire? I think Belichick's doing a little bit of a Fergie, where Fergie wanted to make Man United better than Liverpool and win more titles than Liverpool. Patriots need one more Super Bowl, and yeah. they'll be the most successful franchise out of everyone. Is that? Do you think when it, if and when we could perhaps say if and when he wins the next Super Bowl, is that the point where he goes right? We're the best now. That's it. I I hadn't thought of that until uh, I saw the stat during the Super Bowl. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. We, me. We've got, we've oh, got yeah. one more yeah. Super Bowl of him left before, you know, he's able to call it. And, you know, I, I think I think so. The more I think about it. I'm not sure. I, really, I just think he'll, he'll do it until he, he feels he really can't do it anymore. I, I think I think you've got a good chance that Brady retires before Belichick and Belichick keeps going. This it's, is Belichick's 45th season in football. He's just about to start. Uh-huh. And what else is he going to do with this time? Exactly. He might as well just keep going. As long as they're winning, why would you stop? And it, let's say they draft Kyler Murray or another one of these young quarterbacks. Which isn't out of the realms of possibility. They've no. got... Uh, twelve. They've got twelve picks. Six in the first three. Six rounds. in the first three rounds. Yeah, and this this draft class is not. There's two probably blue chip players right at the top. The rest of it is good. You know, it's not amazing all at the top. There's, but it can't that benefits them for picking at thirty two now because there will be good players there, and then they've got another five picks over the next two rounds. So. You know who's to, who's to say if they don't trade up to get a quarterback or they find someone later on? They've got the picks to to get him. Yeah, I mean, and speaking of the draft, I think they're going to have to replace Gronkowski. I think he will retire because whilst he's still been amazing in the playoffs, why would you want to endanger your future health and mobility? Yeah, I mean, when you've won everything, now, like you said, they kept him wrapped in cotton wool for much of the season mm. and much of the playoffs, and then used him when they absolutely have to. Um, Again, there's some really good tight ends coming out in the draft. They can pick up a replacement. Yeah, the only way I can see him continuing to play is if they agree to keep him on the squad and just completely pitch count him and just say you're not going to play every week because you just not you don't know when he's going to collapse. 
you could play him in the first four games of the season, he might be done as a career. So the only way they can keep him is to say, we're going to play you in games that are even numbers only or something like that. Mm. But there's a lot of things they, they, mm. a lot of things they do in the draft, like them picking Sonny Michel had some people scratching their head. Yeah, it was a strange pick at the time. Yeah, because um, of his knee, yeah, yeah, knee concerns. Yeah, but they obviously felt, we can fix this. And if we fix this, he might be the best running back in the class. Yeah, and he wasn't the first choice running back when he was at Georgia either. No. Um, Nick Chubb was ahead of him in, in, in the, the order there. and they picked him. I was up. very surprised when we picked him because I didn't think he was a first-round running back. No, I thought because of the knee issues, he'd be a third or fourth rounder. But honestly, if it hadn't been for how good Saquon Barkley has been this season, and then, like you say, Nick Chubb, he'd have been the best rookie running back this season. Like, And to be third behind those two... No, well, Barkley was ridiculous, thing, yeah. and Nick Chubb, I think, is an amazing player. So, but you know. Michelle's come out with a ring. Nick Chubb's got some decent stats. Oh, this is it. Them, yeah. you, you play for a ring. He, he has set the rookie touchdown postseason record with six touchdowns, and he's only the second rookie to score a touchdown in his first season in the Super Bowl. So. Like really, there isn't more he could have done as a rookie. Barkley's got some amazing stats and and is a brilliant player and he's a better player than Sonny Michel. How long is it going to be before he gets to go to a Super Bowl? Oh, another <laughs> another another uh, three hundred and sixty three days. <laughs> Very confident there. No. <laughs> well, so you're trading him or something. <laughs> so while we're discussing the future of the of all the franchises. But, what chance did both of these teams make the Super Bowl next season? And in order to make that happen, what has each team got to do? Do you know what? It, dep- it all depends on the Rams, how yeah. they deal with the hangover. Because uh, I get the fit. F- well, Cooper could be back next season. And then they become a, b- a lot more dynamic when he's back. If they can add a... A few more bits in maybe secondary, and who knows what's going to happen with the line. So you know, Sue Fowler may go. If they can handle it well, I can see him coming back because, and I think they're put on a better show than they did uh, on Sunday. So, and the Patriots are the Patriots. It's like the Germans at the World Cup. Yeah, you, you literally just can't rule them out. You can't rule them out, and then one day it will go wrong, and it'll be hilarious. <laughs> but the thing is, they'll, they'll go they'll, and they'll come back stronger yeah. next year. They'll lose two games again next year in a row, and everyone, oh, do you remember when they lost two games in a row? Yeah, they won the bloody Super Bowl again. Yeah, I won't make that mistake again. Um, you're right. When it happens, great. Um, I mean, you're absolutely spot on. It's how McVeigh and his coaching staff handle that loss. You know, it's a long time now to the next game, the next competitive game. He's got a long time to stew on it. Whether he kind of looks at it as a negative or a positive, and then help. Also, then, how they developed Goff into being a better quarterback. Because, yes, he didn't have the greatest game. Part of that was on McVay, but I also think part of that's on Goff and him having more experience as well. He was the youngest number one quarterback, yeah. draft chosen quarterback, to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, he's got plenty of time. If he develops in the right way, he needs to have more say on the line and, and changing players on the line and more experience on that. You know, throughout the season, again, it's been said that kind of McVeigh was speaking to him in, in his mic, in his headset right up until the last second. They didn't do that on Sunday because they tried to fool Belichick more more for them. Um, Goff just needs that experience. Yeah, and you know, 
no matter the worst thing, the well, sorry, the best thing you can take away from that is that that's experience now. Yeah. They can they can put that in their book and move on to next next chapter. I and I quite I I like McVeigh. I think he has the personality to come out of this next year strong. I think he's got he's quite bullish, and uh, I think he'll come out all right. they'll come out all right. They won't be probably as good as last year. There will be a bit of a lag, but I think they'll be fine for, for the sake playoffs of, again next year. For the sake of the Forty ers support sitting here, I hope they're not as good as next year. Yeah, I think they will be. I, I agree. I think they'll bounce back. Yeah, Cup coming back will be huge. Yeah. Yeah, I think Cup coming back is massive. I think the Patriots need to find a deep threat to make their lives easier. They can do that, though. They've yeah. got those picks in the draft. They absolutely can. So I think that's what... If Cup is fit... I mean, if Cup had been there on the day, we were talking about what effect would Josh Gordon have had, Cooper Cup would have made that a different game. He was he was just... He's their version of Edelman. Yeah. And and that would have evened it up. Yeah, basically. he doesn't drop many passes, does he? Just nothing. He, he's very good. Um... And and he, his rapport with Goff is like the Edelman Brady rapport. It's it's extremely tight. So um, I think it's key what happens with Gronk. Like if he goes, they've got to get someone who can help block and protect Brady, mm-hmm. which is what Gronk has been really good at this season. So they have to do that. They have to consider if you're not replacing a man who's going to be 42 by the end of next season, he's not going to get more mobile all of a sudden. So you have <laughs> to you have to keep protecting. Him. Keep protecting him. It'll be fine. He doesn't have to run around. He's never done that. But you have to consider that when drafting the next tight end. You have got already uh, another guy for the line, haven't you? Because you've got Wynn coming back. Yeah, so year. this year's... Was he the early first round pick? Yes, he was. Isaiah Wynn. And, and so, yeah, it's effectively 13 draft picks because yeah. he hasn't played a snap. Yeah. Well, his Achilles played a snap and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one player we've not mentioned is Gurley. Not from the extent of was he fit or was he not fit. I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of weeks' time it comes out that he's being under knife he's Something had surgery wasn't right was it because like apart it wasn't from, from they beat Dallas in the playoffs earlier in the season he was great in that game but then he uh, after that he hasn't done anything and you know he didn't have many carries against New Orleans he was on the field against the Patriots but he, he wasn't the girly that we saw in kind of no. the regular season yeah no I, I wouldn't be surprised if we, that that comes out soon you got anything to add for Finches? You you, you, where do you think Rams sit next year? I see a similar year, to be honest. This is this is a team absolutely chock full of quality. I think if they keep CJ Anderson, because I, you know, I think he's been a revelation. Yes, I mean he's taken that. He took that load off Gurley. I think if he didn't have him, <laughs> if he didn't have CJ Anderson, they probably wouldn't have made it as far in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you. And you need a, he's just been a, a different option, hasn't he? You know, Gurley's the the pace and Anderson's just a hammer. It's similar to what New Orleans do with Kamara and Ingram. Ingram's there just to smash through the middle. Kamara does all the little bits around the edge, catches passes. I think uh I think Gurley will be fine, but I, I'm expecting in the next two weeks to see some sort of knee procedure yeah. or, or something. I, I think I can't think it'll be anything other than that. You do not have one of the top three or four players in the league and not play him on every yeah. snap unless you can't. It's on. It's also on his knee where he had an ACL tear in, yeah. uh, in college as well. So, you know, whether there's some Underlying loss of cartilage yeah. or, or something within that knee that's causing him issues, yeah, I mean, chances about, are that something's going to come out about We're going to get onto it in the next section, but now uh, Brian, Brian Flores is leaving the Patriots, so the, the linebacker coach is leaving to become the Dolphins head coach. 
once again, it's a defensive coordinator that the Patriots have got replaced for the second year running after Matt Patricia left last year. I know Belichick does all the defensive schemes, but who who is going to come in and have that instant trust? Because that is what it's all about with Belichick. He has to trust you. So, I've only heard one name mentioned so far about that, and it's Greg Schiano. I, was oh, wow. I couldn't pronounce his name. I yeah. hadn't heard that. Uh, okay. He was obviously previous head coach at the Bucks. Bucks. He's got relationship with Belichick already. I think he's worked with him previously. Um, I don't. I'll take he, that. I don't think he's got a job at the moment. He used to be in. Col- he was in college for a long time. Yeah, yeah. He left under, under a cloud, but because of that relationship, and I agree. You, you know, you look at some of the coaches on Belichick's team. Dante Scarnegi, we mentioned. Yeah. Josh McDaniels has been there for years and years and years. When you say he left under a cloud, is he the guy that didn't report some guy who eventually got done? No, that was Urban Meyer. Okay, I couldn't remember. I knew there were several of them got caught up in a controversy yeah. last year in college about domestic violence. I, I, I can't remember what the, the cloud was, but I, I, was, I think he was meant to go to, he was meant to take another job in, in college football and then... And, they all object. Uh, a lot of the supporters of that college objected, and he ended up not taking it. I don't know the ins and outs, but he's got that. Tr- he's got that friendship with Belichick. Okay. He is a good defensive coordinator. Um, I think he could take over the realm. That, that. Yeah, I, th- I hope so. I think that could be key. You, Belichick needs somebody he trusts on that sideline. Uh, with Josh McDaniels, do you not think it's a bit like Prince Charles? Like he might be ninety-five before he's allowed to take <laughs> over, and it might be just too late for him. Instant abdication. But yeah. Has anybody got any uh, facts and stats that we haven't been through yet from the Super Bowl that they'd like to get out of the way? Because now is the time. I did include a few at the back, but to be honest, we, we've probably done most of them already. Um, my favourite stat is that Maroon 5 are shit. Oh, oh fuck me. Dad, I missed that whole thing. No, they're not shit. They're boring. <coughs> uh, but me and Paul watched uh, WWE Halftime Heat at halftime. And how was that? That was superb. It was oh. great. I'd thoroughly recommend it, even if you're not a fan of wrestling. It's just good quality entertainment. I was trying to light the fire pit outside the doghouse, and I think that was more entertaining than watching Maroon 5. Watching him trying to light the fire pit was more entertaining than Maroon 5. You the mentioned thing is, I don't like, and I'm not a, bi- I'm not a big Maroon, but they're just insipid. Yeah. Much like uh, Goff. <laughs> we should mention the first ever male cheerleaders. Steve would like us to mention he those. He would like us to mention that. We uh, we have christened them Perry's boys. Now, I think we're all we're all agreed that we don't mind male cheerleaders if that's the way you want to go and you want to equalise everything. We don't mind. Steve was upset that they didn't have skimpy outfits on to match the women, <laughs> and that could have given them some pom poms as well. Pom poms would have would have been fair. I don't, I'm not sure I need the skimpy outfits, but he I, had rhythm. What else did he need? Well. It, it was incredible. I thought he was very good. It, it was it was a good dancer. I just <laughs> couldn't understand Steve's point of view, so uh, just thought it was worth it. And and the controversy surrounding Gladys Knight screwing up the national anthem bets. Did she? Because she said the word brave twice at the end, and most of the uh, betting companies said that the the anthem ended on the first brave, but the over for Duncan, who was with us as well, was on the second brave. Uh, okay. uh, so I don't know whether Duncan got paid out or not because a lot of the betting companies refuse to pay out because that second brave does not actually officially exist in the national anthem. I've always said it's nice. She can do it the hell she wants with that shitty anthem. I mean, she was the highlight the first half. Yeah, she was. There was no wardrobe malfunction though, also, which was a shame. I, I was sad. <laughs> well, I'm sure nobody wanted to see Gladys Knight's pips. <laughs> well done. That's, uh, that, that's particularly impressive as, as jokes go. Thumb in one in right at the end there. Uh, uh, do you know McVay had never been shut out in a first half as head coach of the Rams? Uh, something else. Not surprises. Yeah, I mean we've, we mentioned that the highest, second highest scoring offense in the league this year. They were good last year. But I mean, yeah. It, again, it's kudos to that defense. I was trying to think who the two other 
There's two other quarterbacks whose first passes in a Super Bowl were intercepted. Anybody? Rich Gannon? No. Because, man, he had no <laughs> end of interceptions. <laughs> he threw five in one. Yeah, he wasn't good, but no. he Just by the law of odds, Rich Gannon would have been a good... <laughs> That's so good. No, no, it wasn't Rich Gannon. There's two. Can you give us some sort of timeline uh, on this? I don't know when the first one was. I'm going to say it was in the 80s, but I... Jim McMahon? No. But... Jim Kelly? Yes. Jim Kelly is one of them. Had his first pass. That might have been against the Giants. I can't remember. The other one, I don't think you'll get. He is an ESPN analyst, but I just don't think you'll you'll know it because I had to look it up. Aikman. Um, and I'm extra sad. <laughs> no, you might have got Aikman. Aikman would uh, Ron Jorowski. Oh, for the Eagles. The Eagles, yeah. Yeah. He uh, he got picked off on his fast, first pass as well. So, you know, just that, that's what came up. Uh, 30 second ad for the Super Bowl cost? $5 million. $5 million. I work in advertising. I should know that. Oh, that's why I asked you. Yeah. You should know that. Did you put many ads up? Uh, I know my company made one. Oh, really? And it got the highest um, level of engagement on Twitter. Oh, excellent. So we're very happy with that. Mm. I was happy with my engagement once. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jason McCourtney, owned 16 last year. Now got a Super Bowl ring this year. That's some comeback. Yeah, that's that, that's the way to do it. Isn't it? <laughs> Two McCourtney's better than one is basically what we uh, what we yeah, learned from. Of that. course, played with his twin brother, and rumours are that they might both retire. Might both retire, which would well. be a big loss, for, especially Devin McCourtney, because he's a <laughs> key figure in that in yeah. that past defence. Yeah, I, I would be very upset if they both go. Uh, you know, I was impressed that we covered so well once Patrick Chung got injured. Uh, and it was a good job Kyle Van Noy had a good night because he is he's been, outstanding. He's been great this whole yeah, so good. Him and Hightower yeah, have been no, brilliant. Those two linebackers have been brilliant this, well, through the whole year, really. Yeah. So, uh, of course, there is some news that isn't Super Bowl related. Uh, the uh, Kind of is. Kind of. Well, let's talk head coaches. Uh, the new appointments are uh, Bengals and Dolphins have uh, appointed their head coaches. Uh, we've already mentioned... Brian Flores, who was the Pats linebacker coach, is off to uh, off to uh, Miami. Whereas Zach Taylor is no longer to be confirmed. He is confirmed uh, at the Bengals, which uh, is not as good a pick as it was seemed three days ago. <laughs> One interesting thing on on both these hires: teams aren't allowed to make an offer to a coach before their team is out of the playoffs. Uh-huh. So we're saying that both of these coaches were announced on Monday morning, so they... they had a busy night. They had a really busy night on Sunday night and flew to into their respective cities and suddenly had a contract all agreed and signed. Isn't that a bit suspect? It does seem a little bit improbable. Something tells me that in the... Uh in the weeks between the championship games and the, and the Super Bowl, these yeah, things may I, have been well, agreed. I, I was just looking up um, Greg Shani, Shana, who Shana, uh, <laughs> who left a higher a higher state as, uh, mm-hmm. because uh, he left under a cloud because he was expected to be the new de- Patriots defensive coordinator. So that's <laughs> been coming for a while. Oh, okay. So uh, it's almost oh, yeah. as if Brian Flores was uh, expecting to leave. Yeah, I mean these two play- these two players, two, two coaches have been. It's been like the worst secret in the NFL that they're going to be having these two positions. Brian Flores, uh, you know, you look at that hire after that defensive performance and you think that's great, but you have to balance off how much of how much of it is him versus how much of it is Belichick. 
Um, he's also the only new coach out of all these new coaches that has got a five-year fully guaranteed contract. Nice. And I think that's down to the fact of how bad the Dolphins roster is. <laughs> yeah. He's probably gone there and like, that is a load of shit. I'm going to need a long time to turn that around and I want it fully guaranteed. And he'd be right. Yeah, he'd absolutely Because that on. is a load of shit. <laughs> and you would want it fully guaranteed. Starting from the quarterback where Tannehill is apparently not going to be kept on for next year. But oh, really? They're still saying about letting him go? Well, there's been rumours both ways, but... It does seem a little bit... I, I, I understand it. If I was going there, I'd see it a little bit like Shanahan. Well, no, there's, there's no pressure on Shanahan at all, is no, there? No, Because it's... Well, I'm doing a rebuilding job. Yeah. So you could pretty much 0-16 next season at the Dolphins. Well, I'm doing a rebuilding job. Yeah, and look how terrible the roster was before I got here. I mean, it's, yeah. it is bad. Um, I think the one that amazes me is Zach Taylor's of the Bengals. Because you've got to remember... This is an office staff that Marvin Lewis finagled for 16 years. <laughs> what did you have to do? Do you just like, could you go and pick a card? Oh my God, I didn't think it'd be that one. <laughs> You're hired. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> is, is a classic example of... You know, he knows Sean McVeigh. His presentation is just 16 slides of him with his arm around Sean McVeigh. Yeah. Yeah, it feels feels a bit like the Matt LaFleur to the Packers. It's a stab in the dark. Well, this might pay off. If it doesn't, two years down the line, we'll pick someone else. Or in uh, in the Cardinals' case, a year down the line, when uh, whatever his name is, Cliff Steve, Wil- Steve Wilkes. Yeah, what's the new guy? Cliff Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, he's definitely going to be a one and done as well. I'm not sure they can afford to go two one and dones. I think they might be shocking again next year. It just depends what they do at quarterback too. I'm not sure Rosen staying. I'm still not sure. Everything I read says that they would still look to get rid of him. What about Bortles? What about Bortles? Gary's not here. Let's not be nice about him. Bortles was fucking shit this year. He was bad. Well, no, he's he not just been shit this year. <laughs> 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 he's been shit. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Balls is I can see him ending up somewhere like the Dolphins where they need somebody for a year or two. Yeah. the the, the quarter- he's probably cheaper than Tannehill. Yeah, the quarterbacks coming out in the 2020, what will be the 2020 class, are going to be better than what they are this yeah, year. Yeah, there's going to be more of them. Five yeah, or there's going to be more of them, but the more, even the ones coming out are going to be better than the, the top ones now. So even if they, you know, perhaps this is why Flores has asked for a, a number of years guaranteed, yeah. it, you know, they might, and they're not in the best position to get one of the quarterbacks now because they're picking 13, I think. Um, if they get one, if they pick someone else, someone up just to tie them over and then have a real good stab at getting someone decent in, in the next year, that could be possible. Yeah, I can see it being balls. I just think if you look at the others that are going to come on the market, so Tannehill's going to be expensive, Flacco's going to be expensive. I mean... <laughs> Who else is it going to be? Nick Foles is going to be expensive. Well, Nick Foles has had his... Uh, the Eagles picked up the contract yeah. extension. so but They want to trade him, don't they? Yeah, that, presumably that is so they, they trade him. But $20 million is is cheap for a number one quarterback. I suppose so. There were points on Sunday where I would have screamed for someone like Nick Foles uh, in blue and yellow. Yeah. I'm still not discounting the return of Sam Bradford. I am. I think that could well happen. I mean, it's, we've we've said before that he's uh, he's got the best agent in, yeah, in town. Yeah, he definitely does. Uh, and he probably would be less than twenty million dollars this year. He has the I same mean, agent as Zach Taylor. <laughs> yeah. He can't court controversy because he can't take a knee because he can't <laughs> bend his knees enough to do so. That's the only reason you'd pick him up. 
Yeah, that's true. Like the anti cap. Yeah. yeah. There's Bridgewater as well that's going to come out into the market. That could be, you know, I again, asked... he needs to prove himself. So he'd probably go somewhere again on a one-year deal. Yeah, I still think teams are really going to be wary of him and his injury history. I, I, I would love to have seen him had more time this season to play. I think, I think it's a shame he ended up where he ended up. Yeah, when you're behind Drew Brees, though, you're not you're not going to see the field. No, of course I'm not. Behind Taysom Hill. <laughs> so, generally speaking, though, with Flores and Taylor, how does that stack up against the other new coaching? Hires, where do you think they are in the? I think they are the bottom two, and perhaps that's why they're last. I don't. Again, I don't know. I'd see Flores above Cliff Kingsbury and Matt Lafleur. I'd totally take him over Kingsbury, uh, and I think Lafleur's got a big job to do with that Packers squad. Uh, I'd have said they're very similar. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know anything about Zach Taylor. I, c- I just can't pretend I know anything. He's only been with the Rams since McVeigh got there. Yeah, and prior to that, his experience is the same as mine. So I, I'm not quite sure he's deserving of the job. If I'm honest, the Bengals have not had that many head coaches, have they, in their time? No. So like six, five. It's not many. It's not many. Uh, and I just think this could be the first of a succession because, as much as Marvin Lewis was very stale, and not in any way looking to take the franchise forward, they've got used to being midfield. And this could be a big step back for a year under a new there coach. There is still quite a bit of talent on that <coughs> Bengals roster. Like you've still got AJ Green, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon. Well, Dalton's uh, not the worst. Dalton's not the worst. No, you'd probably have had Dalton over Goff. You Do you know, know what? Sometimes it, it, it pays to step back for a year. Yeah, yeah. And also, if they get any of their Tyler tight ends, because what did they lose? Like twelve of them to injury this season. <laughs> they lost four tight ends to injured reserve. Three yeah. of them were called Tyler. Yeah, Tyler Eifert, Tyler. Uh, no, Croft, I Croft, Croft. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Which one of them was the one with the terrible haircut? Was that Eifert? That was Eifert. Eifert. His yeah. mullet. He's also got a terrible ankle now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was horrendous. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> legs should not bend in that direction. That's why he's not. I was talking about his mullet. That was horrendous as well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure. I've just not been impressed by any of the head coaching appointments. I don't think any of them jumped out at me. Arians? Arians is the only Arians. one. Yeah, I just think I'd rather, rather have seen him at the Browns. But yes, the Bucks was the next best, and he is the best of the bunch. I mean, the Browns could have done so much with their head coaching appointment. I, I'm not. I don't get it. He's I obviously made an impression, though. Like, he's, I mean, he was in a the seat f- when he sat down. You seen him? <laughs> They needed to keep some of the status quo yeah. from what they've been doing in the last. Then yeah, why not let Greg Williams just keep going? Because they were doing all right. Why change it up that much? I d- I'm not sure. It's like they wanted to change it a bit, but they didn't have the balls to change it enough. And that sounds very Browns to me. I'm not. They right. c- I reckon they take a step back. My only, I guess, hope is that. I've got a lot. I've got a lot of time for John Dorsey in that in that role. Mm. Uh, he's made some brilliant decisions in terms of building that roster back up. I only hope mm. he's made the same brilliant decision because keeping Hugh Jackson wasn't his decision. That came from Jimmy Haslam and yeah. that. Uh, let's hope he's he's made the right decision. In, in is John Dorsey Freddie a Kitchen. bit of a cock? Sorry, is he a bit of a cock? I think he comes across as a bit of an idiot, but I actually, I think, I mean, he built, he started building that Kansas City yeah. team as well. So it, let's not, no, and, no, and he, right, he strikes Andy me as, as well. the front office version of Aaron Rodgers. Like, I think, I think to be in that role, I think it might pay to be a bit of a dick. Okay. I'll take that. I don't know enough about the role. I must be honest. 
you know the general manager of the Patriots is a bit of a dick and he's doing quite well he's doing phenomenally well yeah we'll give him that <laughs> so yeah uh, if, I, if he's keeping people in line he's picking the players you know let him, let him, let him go on he's doing alright what do we think about the uh, Antonio Brown Le'Veon Bell situation where are they going to be oh, this is going to have this is going to be so much column inches and yeah. screen site and screen resolution for the uh, up until the free agency actually opens in in middle of march march yeah i uh, think um if we podcast uh, around then i imagine we could probably do probably an hour just on where those two are going to go because there's going to be so much opinion and conjecture and i don't really know that's is the is the answer there's been a lot of talk about Antonio Brown going to the 49ers. I'm in two minds of it as a 49ers fan. He's obviously a great player, no doubt about that. He's you know one of the top five wide receivers in the league at the moment. I just worry about his personality uh, and how that how much that affects the locker room. And I could, I'd say the same for Levy and Bell as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he's Shanahan's already got a, got rid of a lot of players who were strong personalities. Yeah. So I don't think he wants to he might not want to bring it may not be his choice you mean like Brian Hoyer <laughs> when Navarre Bo- Bowman was one Bowman went uh, Hyde yeah uh, others <laughs> <laughs> brilliant <laughs> others uh, all those other good 49ers well, they decided not to keep Eric <coughs> Reid on as well you know, for what it's worth I wouldn't want Le'Veon Bell on the Patriots I don't think he's a good well, fit I, I don't mean he's going to the Patriots anyway no no but uh, just I wouldn't want him on the 49ers either no, I just don't think he's a good fit I'd take Antonio Brown but I don't think he'd last with Belichick more than a year no. I just can't see him fitting in he's, he's not the right kind of player but there are lots of teams that would benefit from having him um, the 31 other 31 teams would no, benefit from I having Antonio there's a lot Brown. of teams where he wouldn't fit in <laughs> yeah. there's plenty of teams where he wouldn't fit I mean if you <laughs> If you can't get on with Tomlin, who's a player's coach, I think there's a problem. Really do. There's more going on at the Steelers more, yeah. than we know there's about. There's so much shit going down at the Steelers. Just I, because of the sheer amount that's going down. That, I mean, I'm surprised Tomlin kept his job. Kept his job. Yep. Because, you know, the Steelers haven't looked like... Okay, they made the playoffs a few times in the last few years, but they didn't look competitive. I mean, they lost the they absolute bulldozed by the Jaguars in the, at home yeah. uh, in the playoffs last year um, and there's been games that they've won which have been impressive they beat the Pats this year but there's the also been a lot of, look good yeah. was, uh, against the Steelers last year there's been a lot of games where I they haven't looked great they didn't get the, it didn't get to the playoffs <coughs> this year and all this locker room unrest yeah okay it's up to the coach to manage the locker room and to you know develop leaders within the locker room and I just don't think he's done that um, I think he won the Super Bowl based off of a team that Bill you know, Cowher's team. Bill Cowher built, yeah. not him, and he hasn't really done much since. I would agree, but also they keep coming up against that fantastic Patriots team in the playoffs, don't they? Not the year they didn't, did they? No, they didn't even make it. But they beat the Patriots this year. <laughs> yeah, they did beat the Patriots this year, but it counts for nothing. I just think there's a problem when you've got Roethlisberger coming to the end of his career, and he is, and then you've got Bell who wants out, and you've got Brown who wants out. I think the problem must be near the top of that organisation. Yeah, but they've been talking about. I've heard some chatter about Bell and the Colts. That would yeah. be an amazing pick up for the Colts if he gets on with Reich. Yeah, because Rikers built a team atmosphere there. Yeah, as much as it around Andrew Luck, you don't get the feeling that Andrew Luck wandering around as the star. It's 
Colts as a team, and I, I just don't know if Bell can do that. I think he, if he did go there and he did behave himself and he did respect kind of the players around him and the coaching coaching team there, he would do amazing. That O well line is incredible. Yeah, because the O line's brilliant. They got a, a top notch quarterback. Mm-hmm. They'll probably bring in a rec- another receiver to play alongside Ty Hilton, and that'll be a heck of an offense. They've yeah. also got the cap space to pay him as well. Um, I think they've got the most cap space going into the off-season yeah. next if, year. If he signs at the Colts, I will put my money on the Colts being in the Super Bowl. Because I think Andrew Luck is too good not to take advantage of having somebody like Le'Veon Bell. They wouldn't even need another receiver because immediately you've got two players covering yeah. Bell. Yeah, that's fair. And he did well with the receivers he had. And, and yeah. Eric Ebron yeah. as well. They, yeah. they had Bell, they had a receiver, and they can add bit, just bits to the defence to make it yeah, what a, was, a better what was pa- good. A better pass rush yeah. and maybe another cornerback. Yeah. I think that uh, that'd be that'd be exciting. I think the Colts, it's nice to see the Colts. I think good. the Colts are definitely a team to watch next year. They were a team to watch this year, but I think next year they could go far. Yeah. Um, well, should we? Uh, we mentioned the Hall of Fame. The uh, inductees this year. So let's take a look at uh, lineup and past judgment. Yeah, because because that's some, our job. Some of these some of these guys are shit, aren't they? Um, <laughs> uh, and then we we sit and wonder how long before Frank Gore. He's taking his rightful place. Uh, uh, so, do you want to uh, lead us? Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first with Roland Champ Bailey. Oh, yeah. There's his full name. I didn't know too much other than the fact that he kept fucking intercepting me on Madden. <laughs> <laughs> but the more I look into it, 12 Pro Bowls, three-time All-Pro, First team All Pro, four times second team All Pro. He's been an interception leader in a season. He was part of the 2000s All Decade team. He won the Bronco Nagurski Trophy. Oh, obviously. When he was at college, but I mean, I look at some of the people who've won that since: Terrell Suggs, Dummerville, Arakpo, Sue, Keekley, Donald, Alan, Chubb. What have they done? Yeah, exactly. You know. Warren Sapp yeah what are these guys done um, it's just he's got the highest number of passes defended in the NFL I think for me this is a guy who clearly deserved to be in the Hall of Fame couldn't agree more um, next up uh, Tony Gonzalez the tight end play for the Chiefs and the Falcons um, second most I think it's not even. It says here tight end receptions, but I think it's the second most receptions all time when that he, might when, be, he yeah. when he um, finished his career. Um, he led the league in receptions in 2004, which is obviously for a tight end is equally impressive. He went to 14 Pro Bowls. That's insane. 14. <laughs> Most players don't have a career that lasts 14 years. Nope. I mean, going to 14 Pro Bowls is incredible. <laughs> Um, just on on Gonzalez and, and Champ Bailey, actually, Peter King, who is a voter on, on, for the Hall of Fame, he said the meeting to select the Hall of Fame inductees went on for seven hours and forty-one minutes, um, and the combined time. Oh no, actually, I got this wrong. I'm going to leave that. But they spent about two minutes deciding whether Tony, uh, Tony Gonzalez would go into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I expect Champ Bailey wasn't much more. Griff, do you want to take us for the next one? Yeah, I'll take the next one. Ty Law. So, effectively, he was most famous as a three-time Super Bowl winner with the Patriots. Uh, the career is amazing. So, three Super Bowl rings, five Pro Bowl appearances. Twice he was the NFL interceptions leader. 
uh, made the 2000s all-decade team, uh, same team Paul was mentioning earlier. Uh, he deflected 169 passes in the NFL, which is pretty impressive. Uh, had seven defensive touchdowns and basically made all defences better wherever he went because uh, he also had time at the Jets, the Chiefs and the Broncos. Uh, in a career that lasted like 14 years as a, as a defensive back is is pretty good. Uh, and I suspect if he wanted to, he could probably walk back onto the field and get into a third of the teams now. Um, I, you, you can't deny that he deserves to be in. And f- frankly, if we could find somebody this good to play opposite Stefan Gilmore, I think we could win another three Super Bowls in yeah, a row. I think that, that backfield would be unbeatable. It would be incredible. I think this is why we picked up Gilmore when we did a couple of years ago, because this is the guy we've been trying to replace ever since. Malcolm Butler did it in fits and starts, but never consistently over the course of a season. This guy was just locked down every time, like like Daryl Rivas before Daryl Rivas. So I, I'd take this all over again. <laughs> well, I've got uh, Ed Reed from uh, the Ravens, nine-time pro bowler, five-time all-pro uh, and 2004 Defensive Player of the Year. He also holds the record for most return yards off interceptions with uh, 1,590, including 107 yards long. Um, so, you know, won the Super Bowl with the Ravens. You know, I can't imagine this. Once again, there was much time spent. So the, well, the, the stat I was going to give is that the combined time for Ed Reed and Gonzalez was eight minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> in a meeting of seven hours and 41 minutes, eight minutes was spent on those two players. Wow. If, uh, if you're on Instagram, look at NFL throwback because they've been doing lots of Ed Reed uh, this last week, obviously, with the Hall of, the Hall of Fame coming up. And uh, yeah, it's just... It's just great to watch. Ed but Reed was the first name on this list that made me feel old because I I distinctly remember I watching remember Ed Reed, Reed yeah. playing. Yeah, and all of a sudden he's now yeah, in Gonzalez the as well. Yeah, see, vaguely. I remember. I mean, more with the Falcons and the Chiefs. I only remember him with the Falcons. Really, I, I wasn't and, uh, big into it when he was with the Chiefs. He was a cheat code in Madden. Gonzalez. Yeah. He was just you were the Falcons, and oh well, if any, I'll just throw X, and oh, he's caught it great I think with Ed Reed as well another one that I've known through Madden because he kept fucking intercepting me you were you any good at Madden? Yeah, I was going to say I did, a, I did a very long career as the Bengals with Andy Dalton God. when I first started playing wow. and I loved getting intercepted as Dalton do you want to move us to the next one Paul? yeah oh. the next one I had was Kevin Marway Marway <laughs> Do you know what? For, for a guy who's an offensive lineman, 16 years in the league, he went to eight Pro Bowls, was a seven-time first-team All-Pro, and just looking at some of the stats of this guy... He was also in the, on the team of the decade as well for the 2000s ab- at centre. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he made the Jets good. He certainly helped. Yeah. And he made the Titans decent as well, and I think... Any running back who was playing in a team he played for just automatically got a thousand yard season. Yeah, I think Curtis Martin called him out, who was a Hall of Fame running back for the Jets, called him out as one of the key reasons he got so many yards when he was at the Jets as well. Yeah, I think 12 of the 16 years where he was playing, the team finished in the top five in rushing in the league. 12 out of 16 of those seasons. That's pretty impressive for him to lead that. I think also it's what he's been doing off the pitch as well because he was the president of the NFLPA and 
did that for four years. And yeah, a lot of play. I mean, players actually recognise the work he did in that. Yeah. So great on the field, great off the field. Yeah, I think off the field plays quite a key part in this as well. I and mean, you look at all these players. There's not many, well, I don't know. They might have some infractions, but there's certainly not massive infractions against any of them that I know of. No. Um, so in in terms of the senior category, um, Johnny Robinson, who was a safety, he played for the Dallas Texans, as they then were, uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs between 1960 uh, and 1971. He was actually drafted um, uh, as uh, on the offense side of it, and he had 458 yards as a rookie running back uh, and two 600-yard receiving seasons. Now, bear in mind, he's going into the hall as a safety. Um, he then kind of obviously was converted to safety, um, and he led the NFL in inceptions in in 1970. He led the AFL in inceptions in 1966. Um, and uh, ESPN has his his key signature moment as in the Chiefs' 23-7 victory over the Minnesota Vikings, Robinson played with three broken ribs and finished with an interception and a fumble recovery. So uh, yeah. I think a worthwhile. There's no Bert Troutman, though, is he? No, he's no <laughs> Bert Troutman, but I think that's a, a worthwhile, worthwhile entry. Um, and you know, that's what uh, one, two, three, four defensive backs going into into the Hall of Fame this year. And three of those players were first time eligible. Yeah, and went in, which is why so many stacked up players that never get in. Yeah, I mean, some of the players that missed out. There's been a lot of calls for more um, offensive linemen to come in. Tony Baselli was el- eligible this year. They reckon he'll get in. He didn't have a, a, the length of career that some other offensive linemen had, but he was a key part of that Jaguars team that started off. Um, Isaac Bruce, Edgar and James, John Lynch, um, obviously one of my favourites because he's now the general manager at the 49ers, uh, and Richard Seymour was defensive end the Pats and Raiders. I could see all of those getting in. Uh, and in terms of coaches, Don Coriel, obviously famous for Eric Coriel, the San Diego Chargers, and Tom Flores, who... It was the first Latino coach, um, coached the Raiders to Super Bowl. And then lastly, newly eligible players for next year, Troy Palomalo, uh, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, and Justin Smith. So yeah, four names to probably watch out for this time ne- in next year. If I were voting, I'd go for Reggie Wayne out of those. I'd put Troy Palomalo in there. Palomalo. Palomalo. Well, I'm wrong, aren't I? Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, Reggie, uh, Reggie Wayne's probably got a very good shout as well. And 2021, Peyton Manning, slam dunk. You know, yeah. Paul wanted to call this podcast Reggie Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till next year. <laughs> Just, saying. Just all, another one on the Hall of Fame. And obviously, players have to be retired for five years before they're eligible. Can I just put Tom Brady in like as soon as he retires? It does seem daft to wait yeah. five years. Because there is absolutely no point, is there? He's obviously going to get into the Hall of Fame. Like, <laughs> There's really no point waiting wait five years. Just blow that rule off and put him straight in. Known cheater Tom Brady. Yeah, known <laughs> cheater Tom Brady. <laughs> just, stick him in t- just stick him in today. You could, you, could also, you could almost stick him in for the two parts of his career, yeah. couldn't you? Like the early 2000s where he's won three Super Bowls and now like the later 2000s where he's won... Three Super Bowls. Yeah. Chubby no. Tom Brady gets in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> gets two busts. One's chubby, one's slightly leaner. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, it's been a, a pleasure producing the the podcast with uh, everyone this uh, this season, uh, including everyone here, G-Lo, and for one episode, Steve 
<laughs> was that this season? It, it was, was this yeah, season, it was yeah. This year. Oh, wow. Who, uh, <clears throat> and uh, we're not going to take the mick of him today. Hey? We well, already did. We already did, but yeah. Um, should we take a look back upon some of our favourite moments of uh, the season just gone by? Yeah, there's a reason why I didn't warn you that I was putting this in the script. It's basically, I want to see what comes off the top of your head. Most of you are going to say the Miami Miracle, so no, fuck off with that. Already had that as a moment of the year. Yeah. Uh, I, I will I will say, first off, one of my favourite things this season was the resurgence of the Browns. I actually thought it was good to see a, a fan base that had been absolutely pummeled for years finally have something to cheer about. And they are some of the best fans in the league. And I, I thought it was really good for the NFL. I think it helped this year that they were on hard knocks. And you sort of... You got a bit of love for them. because You realised how much you hated Hugh Jackson. Yeah. 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 I think they were they were everyone's second team, weren't they? Yeah. Everyone, I I genuinely they believe a dog called Barker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I genuinely believe that everyone probably wanted to see them do well because it has been a shit show for the last god knows how many years. But conversely, the Raiders have been terrible, and I couldn't, I don't care. I think that's been like the highlight, one of the highlights of my year. <laughs> Those two trades, John Gruden. And John Gruden, then coming out and saying, "Yeah, d- pass rushes are really hard to find." You literally had one under your nose, and probably yeah. one of the best one, top three pass rushers in the league, and you let him go. Okay, they got a lot of picks for him, but they had the winning lottery ticket, and now they've just exchanged it for two more lottery tickets, which they're not sure what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not a highlight, but I think it's it's been nice being able to take the piss out of the Raiders all year rather than the Browns. Uh, memorable moments. I'm trying to th- see as a Giants fan. Uh, the only thing I remember about our season was Graham Gano scoring a sixty-something yard field goal against us, which was, was the a record, league rec- yeah. joint it league record. It was the joint league longest, and was it the was it the game I brought up the other day? But it was the first no, game. For, no, no. Was it not the first time in two years you'd scored more than thirty points and you still lost? <laughs> you were Possibly. waiting. You were counting <laughs> down for the thirty-point game. You scored thirty-one points and lost on a field goal. It might have been something like that, but yeah, I believe it, so. Um, I think because um, can't imagine why that was a highlight. It was me. a tie with a guy who had a, a stub foot, and he used to have a block on the end of his shoe. Uh, this is because it was in the sixties. So uh, yeah, so he could punt the ball. So he could kick the ball further. If only our mate Gareth that we used to play football with <laughs> yeah. had been around back then. Toes. Yeah. There are football boots you can get that are you, every Blunt kick you make is a toe poke, basically. Wow. Awesome. So we should buy him a pair. <laughs> but I don't think I've seen didn't, him in seven years. Didn't one year we snip the end off a football boot and give it to him as a trophy? Probably. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. That did not go <laughs> Gareth well. and his big toe. Don't um, worry, he won't be listening. I think my highlight was that Rams-Chiefs game. I think I was, I was off work that week, so I got the chance to step and watch it, and it was brilliant. It was the complete opposite of the Super Bowl. Um, it was all offense, but there were a lot of defensive plays in it. Like Samson Ebercum yeah. was the was the was game winning um, defensive were, were fumble. There three defensive touchdowns. In yes, that yeah, that's right. So you know, okay, yes, it was a lot of offense. And after that game, <laughs> there were calls about, you know, oh, this league's got too offensive heavy. <laughs> you know, it's you know, quarterbacks can just pass all over defenses. We need to get back to defenses. And you know, you look at the change from that game through to the Super Bowl and how more kind of defences came on how much more kind of the running game came on in, in, in a number of teams and it just kind of it almost that used was almost like the apex of the the offensive season it sort of, it certainly went downhill for the Rams after that I don't think they played as well um, no. as they did in that game 
Um, but watching, yeah, Patrick Mahomes at his very yeah, the week after they went on break, didn't they? Yeah, they had a bye uh, the week they after. Worked, they weren't, weren't as good yeah. after the break. But yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes coming through as well. I'm very excited to see him play next year again. I love. He's he's just a human highlight reel, isn't he? Because yeah. you sort of watch and you, even when he does the 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 what he can do sidearm is just better than probably. 28 of a quarterbacks yeah there was one pass he made against I think it was his first game against the Broncos where Von Miller basically had him by the ankles and as he was going down he switched switched the ball from his right hand to his left hand and then threw a completed pass as he was on the way to the floor it was incredible like the genius to be able to do that and complete a pass was was brilliant the no look ones the it's just I sort of watch it through, like, I sort of become a child again because like, it's all it's all new. It's great. I hope he doesn't change uh, in the yeah. next few years. I think for me, it's it's sticking with quarterbacks. Obviously, Mahomes has been a, a revelation. But you see, there's two other things I want to bring up. Firstly, the difference a quarterback can make. What happened to Alex Smith? Horrendous. But seeing that Redskin team just plummet plummet so i saw this in the script and i tried to get ahead sorry <laughs> we don't have a script it's a running, running order. order i saw it in the running order and i i googled bad nfl stats 2018 related searches redskin stats 2018 <laughs> okay but i think the other thing i wanted to mention and i'm amazed nobody's mentioned it is the man, the myth, the legend, Nathan Peterman. <laughs> <laughs> so I found one more stat on Peterman. Wrapped in a mystery. Wrapped in an interception. So at one point in the season... We've gone from sublime to the ridiculous. Well, at one point we worked out that somebody could literally come on the field, snap the ball, throw it in the ground, and they'd have a better passer rating than him. I'd say like, Tom Brady had to throw like a thousand intercepts on the bounce to kind of match the same rate of interception throws as Peterman would have. Well, I'll, sh- I'll give you another one, which amazed me. At one point in the season, over the previous four seasons, non-quarterbacks have attempted a combined 86 passes. Six of them have been intercepted. People who aren't paid to <laughs> throw the football <laughs> have a better interception percentage than Nathan Peterman. <laughs> yeah, but I'm we all know Johnny Hegg is a much better quarterback than Peterman. <laughs> I mean, you look at it, it's, for me, the, the highlight of my season has just been the, wait a minute, he might, no, no, it's been intercepted. <laughs> and our WhatsApp group, every red zone at the beginning was, well, Peterman, no, no, he's terrible, he's terrible. Actually, yeah, the, something else, uh, the resurgence of Andrew Luck, I think, has been really great this year. And the Colts in general, actually. The Colts in general, but I think coming from, yeah, uh, coming from, look, you know, that first game where he got hit and he got back up, you're like, you just come on, and I, 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 it was like when Peyton Manning came back, wasn't it? Yeah, there were, there were a lot of question marks about Luck's health or whether he would be the same quarterback that he was before he kind of Do suffered. Was two it years week injuries. one where Jacoby Brissett came on for the last? It might have been week two or three, it wasn't it? Wasn't it wasn't week one, one. It was the Hail Mary, to, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and everyone jumped on it as a oh, Andrew Luck's not fit, he's not fit, he can't throw a Hail Mary. Well, you know, he was coming back to full fitness, probably vast next season he'll probably have to do it but yeah it's been great to see him get back to what I think is close to his best well sticking with quarterbacks why not we've overlooked it but the Ryan Fitzpatrick press conference dressed as Deshaun (laughs) Jackson (laughs) was the best thing you mentioned it last week Ryan Fitzpatrick weeks one to three well uh, most games with at least four touchdown passes in a season three is a record for the Bucks. 
Most touchdown passes in the first three weeks of the season is a record for the Bucks. 11. I think that's only second overall behind one other player. It might be Mahomes. <laughs> Somebody else has done it. Uh, most Kurt weeks Warner, of having it? a pass rating of at least 140. Kurt Warner or Schwarmer? Kurt Schwarmer. Schwarmer. Kurt that's Schwarmer. a highlight of the season, Charlie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, my highlight of the season. Yeah. Sorry. Good <laughs> swarm. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I didn't have to pull over when I was driving. <laughs> <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, that was an interesting one. But yeah, the, I, I know he, he flashed, he flamed out, and he disappeared again. But Ryan Fitzpatrick was one of my favourite things of this season because, all right, we know Jameis is now going to be the man moving forward. Hello, Gary, you picked that, but... Fitzpatrick, you know he's going to be back. You know he's going to be back next season at some point. But did you see that meme of the Fitzpatrick cycle? Uh, no, go on. Just anybody listening, Google the Fitzpatrick cycle. Because it literally was the truest to form thing I've ever seen. Wasn't it something like he joins the team as a backup? He ends up as a starter, does really well. He gets a big contract. He's then shit and leaves Yeah, the hang on. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. So... Gets signed as bone into game, plays very well, earns starting spot, gets paid, sucks, gets released, gets signed as a backup. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it pretty much is. But with that beard and Deshaun Jackson's clothes on, it might be one of the, the best things I've ever seen. Great, great nickname as well. The Amish Rifle. The Amish Rifle is an amazing nickname. Yeah, I just I was looking back and I thought that was my favourite thing. I was going to bring up Nate Peterman before Paul beat me to it. Uh any hopes for next season? 49ers. Beyond our own teams. Genuinely, I hope we get to see Alex Smith again. I don't think we will, but yeah, I, I genuinely don't. hope that that isn't how his career finishes uh, because I don't think he deserves that. Um, and on a slightly sideways perspective, I kind of hope we get to see Aaron Rodgers have one more good year because I think he's risking just Sullying. becoming a guy that it didn't quite do the things that we have seen him being able to do. It's not even that we've seen it. He can do it. Yeah. Like, there's no so doubt about that. I his talent. He is the most talented quarterback yeah. in the league. But he needs to win 12 games next season yeah. and, and actually get into the playoffs and do something. He just, and I kind of hope they do. No, I mean, I said it. He needs to put his ego into check. Yep. And he needs to be a team player. Um, yes, they need to build some pieces around him. Like we said, Andrew Luck with his wide receivers made it happen. I fully believe Aaron Rodgers with his receiving court should be able to make it happen. That's on him to sort that out with himself. And I hope Matt, Fleur, Matt Lafleur does well. Um, you know, Green Bay are always an entertaining team to watch. So yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I hope there's more competition in the AFC East. Like, okay, Patriots have done brilliantly. But you've got to look at the rest of the AFC East fucking division for the last God. 20 years. I mean, I mean, Patriots have won every single AFC East bar one since 2003 or two yeah, or something Yeah, the like Dolphins that. won it in 2008. 2008 when, when Brady, Brady, was injured, was Brady got injured. injured on play one of game one. Like, you know, Bills, Dolphins uh, and Jets, sort it out. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I sort of hope... The, yeah, I, my main hope, because I've, I've just enjoyed him so much, it's just more my, more my homes. If they can add a defence behind him, then... Uh, they just need to draft defensive players. Yeah. Defensive, yeah, players. Players. Yeah. defensive players, defensive players yeah. and a running back. Yeah. I want to see more of uh, Jeff Reinbold as well. He, uh, well, 
No, I don't, because <laughs> he was quite clearly... Because uh, he could get a job on the Chiefs team. That's about the only team he hasn't had a job on, isn't it? I think he has worked on the Chiefs yeah, team. I think he was course. wide receivers coach there, or something. I imagine he's... He's a drugs mule. From his, from his uh, time, on, time on Sunday, I imagine he's probably been spending a lot of time in Colombia. He did not look good on Sunday. He did not Sunday. look healthy, did he? <laughs> well, he I've, never seen, I've not seen a man that red... Apart from Alan Brazil, all that scared. He just yeah. seemed, like he doesn't normally seem scared. Right. No, there no, wasn't some, there's something not right with him on Sunday. But yeah, um, I don't want to see Kareem Hunt back. No, Ruben Foster. I mean, chances are we probably will see them both. But yeah, interestingly, the um, Australian Rugby League. Uh, there's been a player convicted of domestic violence, and they've banned him for life straight away. Not a question. Gone. Yeah, seems fair to me. Yeah. yeah. So you know. Whether the NFL take note, yeah. who knows? Well, we'll see, but yeah, some sort of a consistent moral yeah. guideline would be nice. I want to, I want to see the NFL sort out the pass interference rule. Yep. Uh, you know, I don't know how to do that. I'm not part of that group of people that decide that, but I'm getting bored of it. Well, the same people have ruined kickoff. Uh, yeah, so, let's uh, go back we'll to having the normal kickoffs because onside kicks have now disappeared. And that is generally an exciting part of the game. I don't think you can have an onside kick anymore. I've seen, I've seen one team recover one this year, didn't they? But one might be like more, more by luck than judgment. But that's the fun of them anyway. Any hopes for next year, fourth inches? Um, I think it it'd be nice to see some like middling teams have a bit of a resurgence. So I'm not a fan of the Falcons, but. They didn't really have any major injuries. They didn't really lose any. Oh, no, no, I mean, like, they didn't have any, like, career enders. No. or they, they had people who were clearly going to come back, but they didn't really lose anything from that Super Bowl season, did they? No. They were definitely weak on, on defence to start the year. And unfortunately, on offence, they were hamstrung by the fact they stuck with Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, him he's now gone. He's so now far. gone because he was a terrible, terrible NFL coordinator. Um... Yeah, I mean, I'd like I I would I I was disappointed in the Falcons this year, definitely. And uh, Matt Ryan's another one, a bit like Aaron Rodgers. I, I'd like to see him win more things. I like Matt Ryan. I think he's a really good quarterback, and he deserves another shot at the Super Bowl. And with the Panthers kind of giving up for the season in some ways, I think they're, they're they're in a prime position. And Joe, you know I'm gonna. I want someone to just sign Kaepernick and he can suck, he can be good, just put an end to it. Yeah, I don't want another there. year of no. this. Uh, just A bit like Mark Sanchez every year. Who's going to sign Mark Sanchez as a backup? Well, this year it was the Redskins and he sucked balls and he should never get another go in the NFL. Exactly. Uh, he was terrible. Yeah, just, just not more of this. And, and Trump can fuck off as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> 2020 I think that happens yeah well thanks listeners uh, we hope you enjoyed our little slice of comment and opinion over the last six months or so um, uh, we hope you've forgiven our foolishness and occasional meanderings uh, occasional <laughs> well, <laughs> that's just today uh, we make this podcast because uh, we love the sport and need an escape from the grind of our daily lives and uh, to that end uh, I think we've enjoyed it more than we ever thought we would uh, we will be back, bigger, better, and rebranded for the next NFL season, so keep your eyes and ears out for us. Until then, though, remember, more than ever from this weekend, it is Bill Belichick's world. <laughs>